Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Have I told you lately, listeners, just how grateful I am for you? Well, it's super totes a lot grateful. And our guest here today, Carl Stave, is going to talk about the power of gratitude and how it can boost your productivity and your experience of work engagement and enjoyment. So you'll learn, one, how gratitude, in fact, improves productivity. Two, how to cut negativity and boost gratitude. And three, how to find more energy for your goals. If you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, it's on over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep504. And now here is Carl's story. Carl Stave is an author that seeks out growth at every turn. When Carl's father passed away, it was focusing on gratitude that helped him get through one of the most difficult times in his life. And that's why he wants to bring more gratitude into the workplace. His work inside a Fortune 500 company that regularly ranks in the top 10 for best places to work has shown him the importance of gratitude and how it increases productivity and communication. If you enjoy his writing, he encourage you to reach out to him at bringgratitude.com. Big thanks to Carl for sharing his wisdom with us and big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no, no. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's Carl. Carl, thanks for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to hear your take on gratitude. And maybe we can start off by hearing, what are you most grateful for? Oh, that's a great question. I've got so much. I wrote in my journal this morning, and I'm grateful for my dog. I've got two wonderful boys, uh, a really caring wife, and in my brain, I think uh, it's important uh, that I've been having a, a better relationship with my brain and, and the thoughts that go on behind the scenes as I get older. That's cool. That's cool. Well, so maybe let's start by hearing when it comes to gratitude, if we can contextualize this a little bit. I mean, it's a great thing to have. Sure. But specifically, how does that help us become more awesome at our jobs? Okay. So it's a really good question because I think just the act of, of being more grateful helps rewire how our brain thinks. And so there's numerous studies, but uh, Edward Desi did a study, and it basically talks about the positive interactions that we have either make us help us become more productive or help us or reduce our productivity. So if we have six positive interactions, the one negative, we're 31% more productive. If it's three to one, we flatline. If it's less than that, 
we decrease in productivity. So right there just shows the the willingness to, you know, tackle things and uh, stay on top of things. And so another uh, study by David DiSteno uh, talks about what happens when you are giving uh, reinforcement, encouragement throughout the day or on a project, you're 30% more likely to stick with it. And so those little things, when you fall down, um, when you, you know, make a mistake, uh, you're more likely to get back up and try again and keep at it and allow, and then you can thrive at work versus like kind of packing it in and not trying your best. Well, so now that's intriguing. Let's talk about that first study. So six to one positive interactions that you say, and, and how are we defining the interaction? So I, I take a little creative license. So it's interactions with other people. So if you're grateful for people at work and you show them that, it boosts. So there's another study that basically talks about if I, you know, we work together and I stop by your desk and I say, hey, Pete, this was amazing. Like you put this extra slide in here, this bar graph showed exactly what we were trying to illustrate. Thank you so much. This is fantastic. And then you walk away like, damn, I'm hot stuff. That is equivalent to getting paid more money. That's how our brains work. We think, oh, wow, like I'm, I just did something well for somebody that I really wanted to help. And so, I mean, if you think of as a boss, if you can give people or even a coworker, if you can give people compliments, I mean, honest, genuine compliments, you're going to have them feel better, work harder and want to be around you. But that's that's great stuff. And, and well, I'm wondering, we have sort of a limited amount of control over whether or not we're going to get some of these positive, encouraging interactions from others. How do you recommend we, I don't know, get more and, and, and do it yourself to the extent <laughs> that's possible? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's important we don't rely on these external validations Completely. It is a good scorecard, right? So if you go into work and you don't care and you you basically hide in the corner and you're not very helpful, you know you're not doing a good job. You know that um, you're not worthy of, of gratitude. So even if somebody came up to you and gave you some appreciation, you probably wouldn't believe them, right? Because you're just like, ah, I'm just going to hide in the corner. I'm going to try to avoid work. But the thing is, it's about the mindset. So one of the biggest issues that I had is meetings at work. I despised them. It was uh, a waste of time. I would tell all these stories inside my head as I was walking into the meeting. And I was setting myself up for failure. And I remember when I started on this gratitude uh, practice journey, my father was passing and it's kind of what spurred me to start up my gratitude journal again. And when I did, I realized kind of a, a little bit of a switch going off inside me. I remember a conversation with my dad and before he was in the hospital and before he passed. And we talked about it's what you make of it, right? That's one of the pieces of advice that he always emphasized to me. And I was taking it to heart. And because I was so tuned into, okay, I, I need to work on my mindset. I don't want to, my dad was one of my best friends, uh, one of my confidants. And so 
I knew that I wasn't going to have this anymore. And I didn't want to go into depression. I have issues with depression in my past, especially in my 20s and early 30s. So when I did some research, I knew uh, it can, you know, gratitude helps in so many ways. And so as I started kind of diving back in and writing these uh, bits of gratitude, I realized like I was not grateful for going into this meeting. And it's those meetings are always opportunities. Those are some of the best opportunities just to connect with other people, to go in and, and learn different things. And it doesn't have to be about the project. It could be, you know what, today I'm going to just practice being calm and focusing on my breath in this meeting. And maybe that's a meeting you're not as involved in, right? You may be on the outskirts. And then there's others that you say, I'm going in, I'm going to ask one really poignant question. One question that I think could help maybe create a small little moment of, oh, I never thought of it that way before. So when we start planting in those seeds and start being grateful for the moment before us, it makes it so much likely that we're excited and that we try our best in that meeting. And then we make sure that whatever comes out of it, we're getting something and we're appreciating what that, whatever it is that we get out of it. That's interesting. So in practice, what you're doing inside your brain, you're, you're at first, you might feel, oh, these meetings are stupid. They're a waste of time. They drain my energy. They're not any good. And then you find a way to, to give meaning to them. Like in this meeting, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to appreciate that, or I'm going to focus on my breathing or whatnot. So are there any kind of key questions you're asking yourself? Because I, I imagine when you're, when you're in a bit of that funk, it's kind of hard to just uh, flip the switch. Is there any kind of transition uh, questions you ask internally or, or things you do to, to make the jump? Oh, yeah. It's a good way of framing. It, it is about questions, right? So if I go in thinking, oh, how much is this meeting going to suck versus I go in thinking, what can I learn from this meeting? You know, and it's it's very much like uh, that fork in the road. You can go left down that dark, scary, ghost-ridden pathway, or we can go to the right where the butterflies are flying around. But both ways are a path that we can take. And that's where awareness comes in. And you can say, wait a second, I notice myself asking, how much is this going to suck? What if I ask myself a different question? What if I set myself up to see this in a different way? And you say, what is one thing I can learn from this meeting? And after one hour, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to take a note and say, I learned whatever it is. I learned how to, uh, you know, ask a better question. I learned how to uh, pay attention to how somebody else talks and speaks. And I've noticed like works a lot more enjoyable when I'm engaged and when I'm creating that mindset that allows me to feel engaged. And that's interesting because you can say, if you're watching closely to see what you can learn about how a person is presenting, you can learn things to do like, Ooh, that worked very well. I should do that. And things not to do like, Oh man, everyone was bored and paying no attention at this point. Uh, note to self, you know, provide a, a slide headline that clearly articulates, you know, what, what is on that chart or something, for example. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's, that's handy, good or bad. You can turn that into learning. And that's a great question. What's one thing I can learn? What are some other key questions that help 
point your focus in helpful ways? One of the the most important things that I, I like to do is I suffer from anxiety. My palms sweat. I get uh, choked up, you know, if a bunch of people are looking at me. So what I do is I say, how can I focus on my breath and relax through this whole meeting? And it's just that planting that seed. And then what happens is subconsciously your brain starts to notice, like, are you getting a little tense? And it's always going to happen. I'm never going to get rid of my anxiety, but I can notice it, appreciate it, and then work with it. And it becomes a friend that having this dance with during this meeting instead of, oh my God, I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. Like, uh, I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody calls on me and I'm so stuck in my head. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And by saying, okay, how can I relax throughout this meeting? And how can I notice when I get tense? And all of a sudden, you start to be more aware and you can say, oh, take one deep breath right now. And it's done wonders for me. It's really helped me with my anxiety in meetings. All right. So there's a bit of a problem solving focus there. So how can I notice? How can I relax? And, and then you're getting a chance to experiment and, and get better at something. That's cool. Any other great questions? Oh, man. I think one of the most important things is how do you like to stay engaged? And then you might say, well, what's the best way for me to take notes? And that simple phrase, right? Like, what's the best way for me to take notes will allow you to, you know, think, well, maybe I'll I'll try, you know, doing visual notes this time, whatever it is. Now you're retaining more of that meeting and you're more engaged as well. So when you do need to ask a question, it's easy to recall. If someone does ask you a question, you're on it because you've been in that, you know, mode of, I know what's going on. I I know what the context is and I can really shine in this moment. And so when it comes to gratitude, you define three different levels. Can you unpack this for us? Yeah. So... As I've been digging into gratitude and really um, understanding the research behind it, I realized most people just think of uh, gratitude as a external thing. And so I started uh, unpacking it and I realized a lot of my studies uh, through Buddhism, uh, through Zen, Christianity, I realized, you know, it's, it's, it goes much deeper than that. And, um, it starts with surrounding gratitude. Surrounding gratitude is is the things around you, the, um, your computer, the glass of water, your cup of coffee. It's very easy to say, oh yeah, this is delicious cup of coffee and it helps boost my energy. Now, that is a very straightforward uh, thing that most of us do kind of automatically and, and very subconsciously. But it gets a little harder with the next one, and that's uh, sharing gratitude. And sharing gratitude is can create a, a bit of, of awkwardness inside a conversation with somebody else at work, right? You know, if you walk up to them and, and tell them how good they are, they could, you know, feel embarrassed by that. They might not have the reaction that you planned that they that they did and so it gets a little hairier and so we we don't do it as often as we should 
we're a little afraid to, you know, compliment somebody. We're a very, most of us are very bad at receiving compliments. We struggle with celebration when it doesn't fit into the norms of our culture. You know, the small bits of celebration that, that we should be doing. I don't know about you, but if I write a great email, took me, you know, sometimes they take a while, maybe uh, an hour, hour and a half. Like I do a little dance after now and, and I, I've built that into my day to help me feel uh, grateful for that moment, for that time that I spent to really make sure that message was conveyed that I hoped it would. And so that is where it starts to get a little bit trickier because that's where self-gratitude comes in. And that's that third component. And we don't treat ourselves usually very nice. Uh, I call, like to call it the inner bully. We beat ourselves up. We call ourselves names. We don't think about all the hard work. I mean, let me ask you, Pete, where, you know, just a year, two years ago, you know, how far have you come since then? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, this has been a crazy two years. Two kids, home purchase and maintenance, podcast growth real far. It's kind of exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's hard, right? Like I can feel your reluctance coming through. Like you're just like, yeah. I almost even don't want to go there, right? Well, I mean, it's it's been, there's been a lot of improvement um, and growth in, in some cool ways. And not as much sleep, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I guess that's what happens with kids um, in due time. <laughs> yes. My wife is, is a saint. She's, she's been doing less sleeping than I have. Um, but um, yeah, lots of improvement. And, uh, and I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad for it. You know, I, I, it's, I'm sure glad I got those kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and, and podcast listeners and, and all the other blessings. And do you celebrate that? Do you celebrate yourself as a father, as a husband? Do you have any cadence around that? Well, you know, kind of. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I had a great, we had a great podcast conversation with BJ Fogg talking about forming great habits. And, and he talked about uh, celebration is really important to, to build those habits. And it, and it could be a simple saying, you know, I'm awesome. And, and, and one of mine comes from Mortal Kombat 2, when you defeat your opponents with while taking zero damage, it says flawless victory. And so, so that was a little affirmation celebration I got when I, I beat my brother in, in a video game as a, a youngster. And, and, and so sometimes I will, I will trot that out and occasionally uh, I'll just take the time to play some celebration music. Like if, if you got a sale, I might go uh, play the song. Whoop, there it is. Because <laughs> it's like, I've been waiting for that email. And there it is. So, so yeah, BJ said I was a natural celebrator. Uh, but not every day am I a natural celebrator. It comes and goes. Yeah. And so it's one of those things, right? When you look at your life and you look at how far you've come. Now, this is important. So... Hopefully when you know, people who are listening right now really understand, it's great. Like, uh, but let's say you're at work and you have to think about how we talk to ourselves internally. But let's say, for example, you go up to somebody at work and you say, man, you're awesome. Now, I kind of call that a level one gratitude, right? Like, it's nice. It's good to hear. But if it's not specific, you, a lot of times you easily forget it. 
And this is what's really important about gratitude and really help to rewire those neurons is to go a little bit deeper if possible when you have the time. And it's why I suggest people keep a gratitude journal at the end of the day. So usually what we remember is the most impactful part of our day and the things at the end of the day. So if you take some time and write three things you're grateful for at the end of the day, you can do this at the end of the workday. This this helps too, because if you get into that routine, but the closer you can do it, the bedtime, the better, because what happens is that's the stuff that will solidify in your brain as you sleep. So you're tightening these neurons and making it easier to access the next day and the next day after that, which is really important because if you can be grateful before bed, you're going to be more grateful throughout the day. And so as you're more grateful throughout the day, it makes life more enjoyable and it helps lower your stress. So you're, you're going to be healthier because of it. So, but what's really important is your what and your why. What are you grateful for and why? And this is where I think a lot of people get tripped up on their gratitude journal because they'll write what? Like, oh, I'm grateful for my cup of coffee. I'm grateful for my wife. And it gets just to the surface. But why? Why are you grateful for your wife? Can you, can you give me, exa- why are you grateful for your wife? Oh, she's just so, so, there's many things that let's, I'd say, well, hey, we just talked about sleep. I am grateful that she frequently sacrifices sleep in order to, to take care of, of nighttime wake-ups from the kiddos. And, you know, it keeps me from feeling like a, a miserable zombie uh, the following day because she's she's handling that important responsibility. So I guess that would be one specific why. Yeah. So that specific why helped deepen that experience for yourself. It helped put that into your subconscious a little bit deeper than I'm grateful for my wife or, hey, she's awesome. And that's the stuff that's then easier to recall. So one of the best ways to get ahead at work, and this is a a little hack, is being grateful for other people. And so try not to, you know, focus on yourself. The idea is just focus on other people and why you're grateful for them and try to express this gratitude in front of other people. And when you do this, when you give, and remember, it's important to be genuine here because people can tell when you're not. But if I work with you, Pete, and I say, and I'm in a meeting with my boss or our boss, maybe you're not there, but I say, man, Pete's been awesome. Like as soon as I asked for help, like he turned uh, around this, you know, email or, or this design or whatever it is, in just a few hours, like, and it was so good. Now, what the boss will remember is you complimenting that person, but they'll also equate you with that compliment. And so you're sticking in their brain double because you're giving somebody else a compliment and they're equating you with that compliment. So you're creating a win-win on both sides, which is a, one of the best things you can do in your career. Now, I guess I'm surprised to learn that they're equating me with that compliment. Is there some, some research behind this or, or what's the story? Yeah, yeah. So what happens in the brain is as that person hears that compliment, they're hearing it from you. Now, 
what is it's basically kind of the mirror neurons that are going on right like if we see somebody else behaving nicely opening a door for somebody we've all seen those commercials where you're nice to somebody and then they pass it on and they hold a door for somebody and then somebody else you know picks up the tab at a starbucks for the person behind them it's very similar to that it's it's seeing like you are being grateful for somebody else and that person sees that and says wow they must also live that way too or be that way too and that's why it works so well and it's true though like if you notice some and, and this is a, a positivity thing but if you let's you know you wake up you're in a good mood you just got a pep in your step and you go through the day and you're just like man life's good you hit some traffic but it's okay you just got a, a good groove going on today now versus the day where you got up on the wrong side of bed, you hit that same traffic and then you end up getting angry and mad and everything's wrong and you go into work and everything just goes to hell. It's the same traffic, everything, but it's your mindset going into it that was different. And so that's why it's so important to work on those things. And, and that's what happens when you take that time to be grateful. You become more patient. Uh, you relax a little bit. You don't try to force things as much because what ends up happening is you're pausing to slow down the moment. If I have to think of something I'm grateful for, I can't worry about anything else. I can't do anything else. I can't think another thought. Once a, a, a thought's in there, that's that thought, right? There's no double thinking thoughts at the same time. You can't think negative and positive. And so what ends up happening is you are setting yourself up to create a more positive mindset and to be more resilient. And that's the stuff when you get knocked down at work and somebody says something mean to you and or somebody, you know, talks behind your back, you can allow it to wreck your day or you can say, you know what, I know Pete, this is hard, but being grateful for that person, being grateful for the opportunity to be just a little bit more empathetic towards that person. I always give the traffic example because I struggle. Whenever I hit traffic, my blood boils but I'm working on not allowing it to do that to me. You know, you're in traffic and you can choose like, okay, I'm going to stay mad and I'm going to be pissed off and I'm going to yell at everybody. Or I can say, I'm grateful for this moment because I can look out my window and see the trees. I'm grateful for this moment because I can turn on my favorite song. And that pause allows you then to stop and not be so reactionary. All right. I, I dig that, that pause and, and, and the why piece, because I kind of wanted to, to get some more detail associated with, if you identify, Hey, I'm grateful for this. You, you write it down. You know, it seems like sometimes you really feel it and sometimes you don't. And, and Hal Elrod's discussed this when we were chatting in our interview is that sometimes that your the gratitude is just sort of an intellectual thing. It is good that I am in a car and it has proper climate controls, you know, like that is a fact as opposed to, wow, 
this is just so warm and cozy and perfect. And I don't know, you talked about the why and, and as opposed to just the what. Do you have any other pro tips on how we can really get there so that we are, are feeling the gratitude as opposed to just simply identifying, yes, this is something worthy of gratitude? Yeah, that's a great point, right? Because if we if we force it, it doesn't have the impact that it, that it could, right? Like we can't force love. You can't make yourself be happy. But it's not about in this case being specifically happy about the traffic and that you can't get to where you want to go. It's about being grateful for what you can be grateful for. So what's important is to put everything into perspective, right? We have to look at things and we've got to say, okay, is this really that bad? You know, like I'm stuck in traffic, you know, I'm maybe I'm late getting home to my family. But if you're saying this is miserable, I'm never doing this again. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this drive anymore. That's not a bad thing. Anger's not bad. We should feel angry. We should feel all our feelings. And maybe that spurs us to make a change in our lives. Like that's something to be grateful for. And that's kind of the point of this is it's not about being happy. It's about working on your mindset because there's always a way to find some small thing you're grateful for. It's got to slow down a little bit and allow yourself to focus on those super small things that you can control and you can enjoy. And that's the stuff that's going to really help you focus your mindset in the direction. And and you also have a term called way power. What is that and how do we use it? Okay. So you probably heard of the study where you go through the grocery store and uh, you have to deal with picking out, you know, which bread do I want? What type of uh, strawberries do I want? And the more you make these decisions, the more your willpower depletes. And when your willpower depletes, you go to the, the checkout lane, you see the Snickers, you pick up the Snickers because you're exhausted. You've made all these decisions throughout the day. And you put that Snickers down on the conveyor belt and you walk out with your Snickers bar and you start eating it even before you get into the car, right? Because you're just, you've had enough, you know, and your, your brain can't take any more decisions. Now, that is how a lot of us do any type of good habit building. We say, I'm going to work out today. This is the day. I'm going to wake up early. And then the alarm goes off and you don't wake up early and you hit the snooze alarm and then you push off working out to the next day. Now, way power is really important because it's the wind behind your sails. It's not, oh, I'm doing this and I have to do this. It's I want to do this. It's the why behind it. You have kids, you got young kids and, uh, you know, you, you your wife is waking up early and I'm guessing is she's looking at this as an opportunity to bond with her kids. I don't know your wife. I don't know you when you wake up at 4 a.m. or whatever it is to feed the kids. But if you can say, you know, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to bond with my kid. That right there is setting yourself up to have a better experience than Oh, man, it's 4 a.m. I'm too tired for this. Those thoughts are um, 
going to deplete you. And then you're like, no, I got to just get up and do it. You know, Pete, get up, do it. But if you say, okay, what are my options? Stay here, let the baby cry or stay here, let my wife do it. You know what? I'm going to take this as an opportunity to bond with my kid. And that is the way power. That's you finding that small bit of of appreciation, of gratitude towards doing that thing and allowing that to guide you versus you forcing yourself to do it. All right. Thank you. Well, Carl, tell me anything else you want to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. I think it's really important when people focus on working on their mindset is to to bring some awareness and watching those thoughts. And you don't have to meditate, but the idea is you have to notice these things that are happening, right? If, if you're stuck in traffic and you feel the anger coming on, you can ride that wave and just let it go. Or... You can pause and you can slow down and allow yourself to take a moment and relax and not let that anger overwhelm you. All right. Thank you. Now, could you share a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? So I'm a big fan of the show. Um, So I have two. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. And that's Zig Ziglar. That's a great quote. Okay. Uh, Number two, my dad encouraged us to fail. Growing up, he would ask us what we failed at this week. If we didn't have something, he would be disappointed. It changed my mindset at an early age that failure is not the outcome. Failure is not trying. Don't be afraid to fail. And I think that's so important. It's, you know, failure is not who we are. It's not defining us. What defines us is what happens after. And how about a favorite study? There's a study where optimistic salespeople outsell their pessimistic counterparts by 56%. And this comes their ability to bounce back. And so that's what I want people to try to practice. And a favorite book? Can I give two? Oh, sure. Emotional Success by David DiSteno. Uh, There's a ton of research and gratitude in there. And then Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, because... It was very influential uh, of me, you know, really digging into my mindset. And a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? My gratitude journal. Um, I keep it on my phone, so I have it always on me. And it's it sounds silly, but whenever I'm, you know, like had a tough meeting or whatever, I just pull up my phone and I write one thing I'm grateful for. And it usually uh, kind of shifts my focus. And it, man, it's it's helped me so much. And a favorite habit? Walking. I love walking. It's usually when I come up with a lot of my ideas, helps me process. We are meant to move as a species. All animals are. And if we sit or lay down too long, our anxiety takes over. So it helps me keep my anxiety at bay too. And if there's a, a key thing that you share that seems to connect with folks such that they quote it back to you? Hmm. Yeah, uh, the three levels of gratitude. A lot of people say, yeah, I know gratitude's important. I know I should be thinking about it more, being more appreciative of my life, but I never heard it in that way. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs? Yeah, I challenge them to keep a gratitude journal for 30 days. I do gratitude challenges. It's how most people have found me. November, January, March, May, and September. September just wrapped up. 
November, uh, the next one starts. And so uh, I suggest if, if they want, they can go to bringgratitude.com slash thanks. Kind of like, thanks for listening. <laughs> and uh, it kind of gives them, you know, they can uh, get some freebies, uh, the five tools to be 31% more productive. You know, they get information on how to join the challenge. Well, Carl, thanks so much. I'm grateful for you and, and wish you all the, <laughs> all the best as you keep on going here. Thank you so much. This was great. And I, I love how the questions and how you, you dug in and you really forced me to go deeper uh, than I was uh, anticipating and going. I really appreciated Carl's take to share not just what you're grateful for, but why you're grateful for it. And I find one of the most effective ways that I like to do that is I just think about the contrary and how it very much could have ended up a different way, whether it's I am very grateful for my wife and children. Well, I can remember a time in which I went on a lot of dates <laughs> and it seemed like a wife might have been very far away. And so by, by reflecting on that, like, yeah, you know what? I very well could be wifeless right now. And what would that life be like? Oh man. And seeing that contrast is, is powerful for me. And if you're still in that world where you're on a lot of dates seeking out your mate, hey, stay strong. I'm with you. You got Pete Makita supporting you, believing in you. You're, you're a great person listening to how to be awesome at your job. I mean, you're going to become all the more skilled and grateful and compassionate and considerate and compensated over time. So someone's going to want to be with you. So that's my word of encouragement if you're there. And so anyway, that's my take on the why is I just think about how the opposite is possible. And in fact, was indeed the case. There was a time before I had whatever I'm grateful for. And there are folks who don't have that and are, are working through it, struggling with it, and also boost the compassion, I think, for them at the same time. So great stuff from Carl. The show notes, the transcript, the links to islands we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F504. If you haven't already, I hope you'll push subscribe. You'll catch our next guest. She's been on the list for over three years. It's Nancy Duarte. She is a sensational communications professional and has helped many of the leading brands and people create their presentations and make them amazing. So if you're Al Gore, hey, Al, I don't know if you listen, and you are thinking, you know what? I need to turn a presentation into a motion picture. Who do I turn to? Nancy Duarte. And then they worked together and Inconvenient Truth was born. And that's just one example. She's worked with many folks on many high stakes presentations. She's sharing her wisdom with us. Hope to catch you there. And peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.